Greetings. Today is October 1st, 2021. My name is Christopher Hoster, and I'm the founder and executive director of Opus One Berks Chamber Choir. It's my pleasure to welcome you to season two, episode two of our podcast entitled Octavo, which airs on the first of the month. The platform is used to discuss pertinent topics related to the world of choral music and important events taking place throughout Berks County. At the conclusion of each episode, we will spotlight organizations, individual performers, and music teachers who are making a difference in the artistic community. Scott Tice and Debbie Silas will be with us in a, a bit later, but now I'm joined by Peter Sunderman. He's the assistant director and board member of Opus One Berks Chamber Choir, and by Maria Demore and Jonathan Reinhold, two extremely talented local musicians and fabulous pedagogues. Both will be headlining Opus One's upcoming Broadway dinner concert and fundraising event on Sunday, October 17th at 5 p.m. Today, we've decided to chat on location, I'm doing air quotes, at the Cheers restaurant at the Doubletree Hotel in downtown Reading, where Opus One's concert will take place. So it's good to see all of you and welcome to this episode of Octavo. Peter, since you're the, uh, the leader of the group for this concert, I just want to ask, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going to happen in October? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm very happy to be directing this concert. It's, it's always been a passion of mine to, to work with Broadway music. And since this is our 10th season, if I'm not mistaken, it is. it's a great way to, to celebrate. Um, Broadway is reopening, uh, several shows that are already opened and more are coming. So it seems fitting that now's the time to do some Broadway music. Um, would you like to know what we're going to sing? Or... I would, okay. yes. Tell us. Uh, we're doing three medleys, uh, Guys and Dolls, a Guys and Dolls medley, West Side Story, which is apropos since there's a new movie coming out about that right now. That's right. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that And Phantom of the Opera. So those are three medleys. Then we're doing uh, Seasons of Love from Rent, The Impossible Dream from Man of La Mancha, Joyful Joyful, which is a little bit of a risk for us, but I think we're going to pull it off from Sister Act. Sister Act 2, I think, right? Yes. It's the second one. And then... I love um, both of them. Send in the Clowns from A Little Light Music. Sondheim, yeah. For Good, Wicked, which just opened. Over the Rainbow from Wizard of Oz, which is a favorite from everyone. Um, one Day More from Les Mis, and Make Them Hear You from Ragtime are our major pieces. Um, Within that, Maria Demore is going to be singing uh, Adelaide's Lament for um, in the Guys and Dolls medley. Oh, you're good. That was Craig Poole, by the way. You can say you can say hello, Craig, if you want to. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, people are coming back. That's right. Yeah, they're not. Listen, we have four. We had a four hundred last yesterday. We had a, we have lots of people. Tables are socially broken apart. Everything's good. Were they all vaccinated? Yeah. Yeah. See, ours are. Yep. Our, we're hoping our audience is all yeah, well, vaccinated as well. You want people to be vaccinated. That's right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Allows us to get back to normal. Well, <laughs> it, it, it works. That's right. So why kill yourself? I don't know. Exactly. It's not, I shut down a business because you're not vaccinated. It doesn't make any sense. But, well, thank you. Thank you. That's my yeah. opinion. It's good to see it. Nice we got you on the podcast anyway. <laughs> that was Greg Poole, the general manager of the Doubletree Hotel, joined us. Helpful information. That's right. 
All right, Jonathan and Maria, let's talk about some of the things that you're going to be performing as our guests. And uh, Maria, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, very happy to be part of this wonderful event and to be singing with my good and old friend, Jonathan Reinhold. <laughs> very thrilling. No, I don't mean old. <laughs> no, he's old. He's older than me, just That's for the record. Yes, yes, I am. I will admit it. <laughs> but he looks great. Anyway, and um, your cataracts will be removed soon. <laughs> Why are we friends? <laughs> so we what? So what am I singing? I am going to be singing something from Gypsy, the wonderful Mama Rose piece. Some people, it's kind of a blasty belty piece, and of course Adelaide's lament that. Peter talked about within the medley, you guys know this medley. And then I'll be singing Almost Real, which is um, a really beautiful piece from the Bridges of Madison County. And so I'm excited to be doing that. And then Jonathan and I are going to have fun with a Spamalot <laughs> duet called The Song That Goes Like This. Yay. So we're not going to tell you any more about that. You're not going to tell us? Oh, okay. All right. It'll yes. be a surprise. Very it's a surprise. Serious. Yes. Very serious? Very serious. Okay. It'll yes. have you crying. It's art, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're doing a duet with Christopher. Yes, right? I'm doing Lily's Eyes with Christopher from uh, Secret, Secret Garden. Garden, right? Yes. Which is going to be a lot of fun. Yes. And um, of course, a song that goes like this with Maria. And I'm also singing um, a song called um, uh, yeah, right out of my uh, well, I'm doing Wishy You Were Somehow Here Again. And the reason I picked that is because I, I love the song, but I'll never get to sing it in any other right. kind of situation. Exactly. And uh, I found an incredible um, an incredible arrangement of it. So Fantastic. Uh, it's, it's very different. And uh, the other piece that I'm seeing is called I Was Here from a show called Glorious Ones. Um, the text to the song is just amazing and, and musically it's a beautiful piece too. And I think it just says a lot about what it's like to be a performer. So that's why I chose what I chose. That's great. It's fun. a lot of different stuff. We're doing we're a lot of different doing contemporary, some old standards right. and, and some new stuff. Right. And, and I think that's that's what makes it exciting and different. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll have a small orchestra, drums and guitar and, and then piano synthesizer. That's right. Yep. I think that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is enough in the beautiful ballroom here at the Double Tree. It'd be great. Yeah. I was just um to kind of change topics, but I was um I was looking in the the Times. They just came out with all of their big spreads for the new season of of everything coming out and that's reopening and you know it was page after page of of advertisements. But then there was an article that talked about um you know living with the virus and we were sort of mentioning it with Craig. But what I think is interesting is, you know, what what makes singing in person and being in person to hear the event, you know, what makes that different than simply engaging on like a on a, on a, a virtual platform? You know, why is it so important that we get back to seeing in person? If, I, and I'm going to just open that up to everybody. <laughs> I, I think there's a, a personal connection when when it's an in-person situation. Um, I think you lose a lot of that intimacy and that, I mean, I was always taught that when, when you sing in front of people, your message, you're sharing something with them. And I think a, 
a little bit of that feeling is taken away when we have to perform Zoom or I just think there's a better connection with you and the people who are listening well, to you. Just for instance, right if, you, if you go see a Broadway show and then go see a movie, right? It's much more impactful, I think, when you're in in the hall Absolutely. where it's being performed. It's just it's a different energy. It's a whole different energy. Yep. Exactly, you can connect with your audience better, and the audience can connect with you. Right. I think it's visceral. Yeah. It's, it's the vibrations coming from the music. I mean, the the literal vibrations coming mm -hmm. from the music enter you as the audience mm -hmm. as vibrations mm -hmm. like right mm -hmm. yeah bodies of vibration sharing I, I don't know it's like a strange well and then there's it. yeah and then there's that whole audience aspect of it too like you are are some way a part of what is happening you know when you're not really a part of it when you're simply listening to your in your headphones or something like that but with other people you're experiencing something which i think is a really interesting aspect to it absolutely any other questions, Peter? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, you can, I mean, we. this isn't the first time we've worked with them, too. No, I've, I've known Jonathan practically my entire life, and Maria I had the pleasure of working with several times at Denise's with different shows that I played for, and she was in, and you, you were in some and directed some, and so we, have, we yeah. all have a connection. Right, and you've guys. performed together before, and you know, that's great. And they will also be doing master classes for us in the, in the upcoming months, which you should check out on our website. Correct. <laughs> I just think it's going to be a lovely evening. Just beautiful joy for music. The food here is fabulous. And it's great. Just come out and enjoy it. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you all for joining me today. We really appreciate this collaboration and your continued support of our organization, Opus One. Peter, we can't take you anywhere. <laughs> to hear Jonathan Reinhold, Maria Damore, and Opus One Berks Chamber Choir conducted by our own klutzy Peter Sunderman, please get your tickets <laughs> to Opus One's Broadway dinner concert happening on Sunday, October 17th at 5 p.m. at Doubletree in Reading. Tickets must be purchased in advance and can be ordered through our website. And you must be vaccinated, yes. Uh, the deadline for ticket orders is October 8th. And to order, go to our website, www.opus1chamberchoir.com and click the events tab. Thank you both. Thank you all three of you for coming today. At the conclusion of each episode of Octavo, we like to recognize someone in the community who is having a positive impact on our artistic community and fulfilling Opus One's creed, together we can make Reading sing. Today, we are happy to welcome Emily Fredericks, the high school choral director for Wilson School District. Greetings, Emily, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We're gonna start off with a couple of questions and Deb has the first question for you. All right, um, Emily. Please tell us a little bit about your background um, and what drove you to pursue a music education as a career. Sure, so I actually grew up in a musical household. 
my dad is a professional jazz pianist, so I grew up around the jazz world, um, and I always sang. I used to sing around the piano with my dad as a kid, um, and I was always in choir, um, and I remember one day sitting in choir my sophomore year of high school, just suddenly thinking, I think I could do this, <laughs> um, and the rest is history, um, and then I pursued um, a bachelor's of music in uh, at Ithaca College, and takes me to where I am today. Awesome. Also, can you tell us a little bit about your position um, that you hold as the choral uh, at the choral program at Wilson High School? Happens to be my alma mater there. Um, is, are there different choirs? Uh, what can you tell us about the musical? Pretty much anything that you can tell us about your program. Absolutely. So um, I am in my 12th year at Wilson. I took over after Pete Sunderman retired. Um, I direct the concert choir, which is a class. And in addition to that, I also direct the select choir and treble choirs, which are after school groups auditioned. The treble choir is for soprano and alto voices, and the select choir is a mixed voice ensemble. I also direct the music for Wilson Theater Company. Um, and we typically do one musical, sometimes two. Actually, this year we're doing two different musicals. So we're doing a fall show and a spring show. And I also am involved with the marching band. I don't do instruction there, but I, um, I'm the professional assistant for the marching band. So, um, and then in addition to choir, I also teach music theory courses and guitar. So if I'm not being nosy, what musicals are you doing at the high school? We just started working on James and the Giant Peach. Oh, I love James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really great. It's a Patrick and Paul um, musically, and it's and of course it's it's Roald Dahl's uh, book. It's just such a lovely magical story, and the music is dynamite. It's really challenging, but uh, we just got started last week, so we're trucking along here. Do you have your spring musical selected or can't yes. you announce that yet? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, we are doing Guys and Dolls. So a classic oh, nice. musical for the spring. Mm -hmm. Good. Congratulations. Thank you. James and the Giant Peach is really very, a very interesting show. And it's not done very often. And, and the and music I, is interesting. It really is. I remember seeing it at an ITS conference, which is International Thespian Society. Mm -hmm. um, another school brought that to the conference, and I had never even heard of the show. And ever since then, I've been wanting to do it. So when our director, Mary Lennon, proposed that, I instantly said yes. Uh, we did the junior version a couple of years ago. And, you know, oh. I, yeah. So, yeah. If you need anything, let me know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And Guys and Dolls holds a special uh, place in my heart because I was in the first production that Wilson did back in 1987. Um, I played Sky Masterson. And then a couple years later, about maybe 10 years later, um, Christopher, our own director, he was in the second production of Guys and Dolls, I believe as Nicely Nicely Johnson, if I'm correct. Yeah. So this will be the third time, the third time that it's coming around. So it's a, it's a great musical and um, we're highlighting one of the pieces um, in our upcoming concert that we have uh, at the Double Tree in October, so um, it's it holds a special place to my to my heart just because I just love that musical from beginning to end. It was fun um, putting it on. 
Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Comes full. That's how life all comes it's full awesome. circle, right? Absolutely. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Um, so I'll go on to our next question. Um, how has the pandemic impacted and shaped the way in which you teach choral music in the school system? Hmm. Well, last year was definitely challenging. Um, we were able to keep singing. Wilson provided the opportunity for us to do that safely. Um, we had really small sections of choir spaced out six feet apart, um, which was which was really challenging. Um, what I found was students who are less confident really struggled in that environment because they were used to having students right next to them. Um, but it did it did provide an opportunity to really get to know the kids in a smaller group, which was great. Um, and then also last year we were able to continue having our after school groups and we were actually able to put on musical productions as well. Um, and so we feel really fortunate that we had that support. Fast forward to this year, we are back to everybody is in person and we no longer have to be six feet apart. We just have to wear masks and keeping everybody safe still, but it is a beautiful thing to have all those kids in one room again, finally. Uh, the whole situation was really difficult for everybody. Uh, do you see and do you foresee any long-term like implications on the students? I mean, you did kind of allude to the fact that some of the students that were not really um, secure in their voice um, may have had yeah. some it did provide an opportunity for them to grow and some of them really did in that environment um also because the students were at home three days a week um i needed to provide different opportunities for them to sing at home so um we really worked on sight reading um we used this, this web service to work on sight reading um and i was able to give them more individual feedback than i typically do so i think many of the students did grow in that way um, but as far as long-term implications, I don't know. I think we might be singing in masks for a while. Yes. Mm. I do hope that we're able to do festivals. So we'll see moving forward. I hope that schools will still be able to come together as they once did. So I think you, that remains. Were you able to do, I mean, I know you did some stage performances. Were you ever able to do any choral performances last year or not because of everything? I was able to do concerts with my after-school groups, with my select choir and my treble choir, because they are small, we could spread out, and the audiences were, we kept the audiences very small. Every student was only able to bring two guests for each concert. Uh, but then actually, at the end of the school year, the concert choir had an outdoor concert in the stadium. And we actually stood in the, in the stadium seats and the parents on the lawn. It was really neat. It was quite a production required Wilson Media Productions to get involved, miking and all sorts of stuff that made it very challenging. And we also had to have a rain date and that was a little bit touch and go. It worked out. We ended up with beautiful weather and it was a really lovely evening. So we had one single time last year that the whole choir could be together and that was beautiful. That's great. That's great. Yeah. You uh, did touch upon uh, upcoming events such as the musical in the fall and also the musical um, in the spring. Um, are there anything else, uh, anything else that you would like to highlight that Wilson has to offer uh, to its community? 
Absolutely. Um, I invite everyone to check out the Wilson Music Calendar because we have many different music events going on throughout the year from elementary all the way up through high school, uh, several different choral concerts that are free and open to the public. Uh, and they are open to the public now that we do not have to maintain a, the capacity we had last year. Awesome. Are you still doing anything um, for those people who don't are not quite comfortable um, with where they are uh, coming out to a live performances? Are you still offering anything online so that they can still experience that type of musical um, program? We are actually our Wilson Media Productions team. They actually have a YouTube channel on which they do live streams. And that is actually something they've been doing for many years and became especially important last year. So the Wilson Media Productions YouTube channel has live streams and they actually become permalinks that people can go back and watch later. Awesome. And everything that you talked about is located probably on the Wilson School District website. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, Emily, it was just a treat talking with you today. We do appreciate everything that you, um, you and all your fellow musicians and teachers are doing for our kids. And we just want to say thank you again for joining us today. It was a true pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Opus One Berks Chamber Choir will celebrate the return to in-person events and the reopening of Broadway with the first concert of our Season 10, a dinner concert and fundraising event at the fabulous Doubletree Hotel in downtown Reading. It takes place on Sunday, October 17th at 5 p.m. Wine and dine as Opus One takes you on a whirlwind tour of a truly American genre. The talented Maria Demore and Jonathan Reinhold will headline the event with Peter Sunderman conducting and Hirt Rulins accompanying. All attendees over 12 years old must show proof of COVID-19 vaccination upon entry or provide a negative test result. All attendees must mask when not eating. All Opus One performers and staff are vaccinated. Please check the Opus One website for updates to our COVID-19 protocols before attending any event. To order tickets, go to www.opus1chamberchoir.com.
that's all the time we have for today. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and that you join us next month for Opus 1 Octavo. And remember, together we can make Reading sing. For more information about Opus 1, visit our website, www.opus1chamberchoir.com. <laughs>